Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hello again, fellow Kitchen Table theologians, and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're discovering what the Scripture teaches regarding doctrine and theology. You know, things that a lot of Christians think are too difficult to tackle, too hard to understand, and too out of reach. And we're always attempting to do this in a way that's applicable to the lives we live. We do this because we agree with what C.S. Lewis once said. Who doesn't agree with what C.S. Lewis once said? Oh, there's said? a few people, but... <laughs> but this is a good one. But he's, he's always good. I love this one. It says, you must not do, you must not even try to do the will of the Father unless you are prepared to know the doctrine. And we want to help you along those lines. We want to help you know the doctrines of the Bible. And so here at Kitchen Table Theology, we want to help you become strong in your faith, knowledgeable in and of the word and growing in your love for Jesus. Today, we're continuing our study on understanding who we are in Christ. In previous podcasts, we've talked about the believer's position in Christ and the doctrines of justification, sanctification, glorification, and regeneration. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the doctrine of adoption. In his classic book, Knowing God, J.I. Packer wrote, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Father is the Christian name for God. That's pretty strong. I like that a whole lot. Have you a ever read lot. that book? Knowing I have God? not. That is one everybody should read, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. It's deep, but it's understandable. You can find it in paperback. It's not, won't freak you out when you see it. It's not like some textbook, mm-hmm. but it has been around for, I shouldn't guess, but I'm going to guess 40 years. Okay. Maybe more. I'm not sure, but it really is a classic, Knowing God. Sounds like we have a homework assignment. That would be a good one. Or summer reading. You want to have some summer reading? (laughs) When you love just to read the doctrine of the fatherhood of God on the beach this summer. I mean, what? The conversation starter. It's it's better than a lot of the (laughs) things we might want to read. Well, hi again, kitchen table theologians. You know, I think we all know families who are adoptive families, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure there are many of you, our kitchen table theology community, who have adopted children into your home. I know quite a few adoptive families and have always been amazed at their love and desire. And I mean, just people that go all in 110%, you know, uh, and once the, that child is theirs, they're not just, you know, it's not just my adopted daughter, my adopted son, it's my daughter, my, mm-hmm. my son. And as we look into this beautiful doctrine of adoption, What we see is that every person who has become a follower of Jesus is told that he or she has now been adopted into the very family of God. So adoption is a doctrine in the Christian faith. And a simple definition of this doctrine is something along these lines. Adoption is the graceful and merciful right bestowed upon unworthy sinners through which a person is given admission into God's very own family with all the rights and responsibilities that go with that status. So that's why it said when we come to Christ as a part of our salvation, we become a part of God's family, sons and daughters. Yeah. 
remember that this particular podcast series is about who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. And if we go back to that definition of adoption, it is a right which we inherit because of our salvation. Our salvation gives us the right to be called the children of God. So this right is given only to those whom God has justified by faith and has caused to be born again. That was our last podcast, Regeneration, right? So, but when you start to look at it, God, for reasons known only to himself and for the purpose of bringing glory to himself, sovereignly chose from eternity past to miraculously and eternally save people just like us, who by nature, the Bible says, we are children of wrath, and God makes us his very own children and co-heirs, joint heirs, with his own son, Jesus Christ. That's powerful. It's That's incredible. A powerful part yeah. of our identity in Christ. And you just mentioned that this is all tied to new birth, which again, we talked mm -hmm. about in our last podcast on regeneration. How does regeneration and adoption fit together? How does that tie in together? Yeah, good, because they certainly do. And let's go one step further. It's it's also tied into justification, which we examined in podcast number 54. Just like today, the doctrine of adoption is a legal transaction. Anybody that, that uh, adopts a child, at some point, there is a legal transaction for that child to become yours, right? So the same thing with this Christian doctrine of adoption. So there's this legal transaction in which God the Father allows those whom he regenerates and justifies to be allowed into his eternal family. Titus 3.7 says, So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So right there in Titus 3, we see justification and adoption being, being linked together. So in an in, in eternal family, we were not a part of prior to our adoption. We're now, we're now in that. Regeneration and justification secure our salvation from sin and death. Adoption establishes our relationship as a beloved child to and with God the Father. And I will be completely transparent whenever we are in worship and phrases of being called sons and daughters. That that's something that just cuts to the quick with me. You know, you have people say whenever we sing about the cross and whenever yeah. we sing about Jesus, but for me that it's that verbiage and that yeah. language that just is that that personification of him singing over us. I'm learning our, our teenagers here at this church are teaching me <laughs> lingo. And so, um, oh, this could go south yeah, quickly. Oh, quickly. So before I use it, you know, I always make sure. Now, what am I saying here? But what I learned last week was something. If you really like something and it affects you, you say it hits different. It hits. So different. that hits different. It's all the feels. It's all the feels. I think we're past. That's probably all the, past all the feels. I think we're feels, past all the this, feels. It hits. So that different. what you just said there, there that hits different. I mean it. It, so that's it really very does. meaningful and very deep for you. It, and it does, and it should be for all of us, because yeah. he could have left us at just regeneration and justification. I mean, we'd still be saved, so we could have stayed there. But he chose to bring us into relationship, yeah. and not only into relationship, but into a relationship where he calls us his own sons and daughters. It's just exactly incredible. Right. And I think we've got a pretty decent handle on what the doctrine of adoption means. Well, it's so similar to what we know. Where is it most predominantly taught in the Bible? Well, Paul teaches it in many places, but I think especially Romans 8 
There's a lot in Romans 8 about it, Galatians chapter 3, and even into chapter 4. And I think you can make a case that it's also being taught in John and John 1, and, and John talks about it First 1 John 3, 1. So while we're here on this, I think the word adoption itself is a really interesting word. The word occurs only five times in the New Testament, and they're all used by Paul, hmm. four of which refer to redemptive adoption. So the, the regenerative adoption. Uh, so Paul in Romans 8.15, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Romans 8.23, we ourselves groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for adoption as sons. Galatians 4.5, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Ephesians 1, 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons. So adoption, I nerd out sometimes on words, but words have meanings and words are really, really mm -hmm. important. And adoption is one of the few words in the New Testament where the flavor of the word, the, the, the philosophy behind the word, the, the concepts behind the word are more Greco-Roman than they are Hebrew. Hmm. In the Old Testament, we don't find much in terms of adoption as an option to infertile couples. That's a big thing today. You can't have children. Eventually, maybe people will adopt a child. You don't see that being optional in the Old Testament. There are some references in the Old Testament, but they're outside the Mosaic law because the law makes no such specific provision for the adoption of children due to any sterility in the marriage relationship or things like that. In the Galatians verse... We read, so that we might receive adoption as sons. The contrast is between a minor heir and one treated as a full son. In Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us to adoption as sons. That depicts or seems to depict someone of another family being legally adopted and given the full rights, the full privileges in a new family. And that carries over. That's the uh, the meanings behind what we're talking about here, spiritually speaking. So we're in another family, mm. in, in, in essence, without Christ. Now, can you say you were in Satan's family? Well, not by choice, but by nature. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're children of wrath. We're at enmity with God. But God has chosen us, and the word they use in Ephesians 1.5, He predestined us. It says, okay, I want you in my family. You're going to be in my family. And you have all of the full rights and privileges of this new family of God, even to the point where we are declared to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mind-blowing. It is. It truly is. And, and it's why I always, without fail, tears in my eyes after you've delivered the gospel message and people have come to salvation and you are able to that just must be the the biggest joy as a pastor to be able to utter welcome to the family of God. It is. I love doing yeah, that. Yeah. Love doing that. Well, let's take a look from another vantage point. And as we often do, we like to look at the Trinity. We've studied and talked about the Trinity a great deal here at Kitchen Table Theology. And I'm wondering what, if any role, the Trinity plays in the adoption of God's children. It's really hard to get away from the Trinity. It is. <laughs> <And> these doctrines. <laughs> Two always come along with the other one, don't they? <laughs> Well, that's a really good question. What role does the Trinity play in adoption? And there's a great answer that the Godhead, the Trinity, loves us dearly and planned our adoption, accomplished the work of redemption necessary to adopt us, 
and applied adoption to us as God's sons and daughters. So think about it. Let's let's just break it out real quick. The Father is the divine lover, if you will, Mm -hmm. who chose us, predestined us for adoption, and He sent His Son, second person of the Trinity, He sent His Son to rescue us. So the Son is our Redeemer, loves us, redeemed us from the law's threat of punishment by, by becoming the curse for us, and we read about in Galatians 4, the spirit of his son. So now the Holy Spirit's been introduced. We read about the spirit of adoption in Romans 8. So the Holy Spirit working, now he becomes a part. He enables us to cry out to God as Father for salvation. And Romans eight sixteen teaches us that it's the spirit who assures us within that we are God's children. And so you see the Father, Son, and Spirit very clearly in the doctrine of adoption, and they are very active. Mm. Well, here's my question. You know it's always coming. <laughs> so, so what? Let's all say it with her. <laughs> let's say it together. <laughs> so what? What? How do we see the doctrine of adoption as being a practical value? I can see how it like resonates with us emotionally, and we're drawn to that. But what's right. the practicality of that? Yeah. I think once we get a grasp of this, many believers were drawn to this beautiful doctrine because of a lack and our own relationships, perhaps with our own fathers. God uses this biblical teaching on sonship to minister to us and then through us to other people. And in union with Christ, we find acceptance by the Father, a new family in heaven, a new family on earth, the church. There's new incentives to live for God again, because I've been adopted, man. I have I have so much love and so much appreciation for this. So I, I, I want to live for God as a result of that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in this family forever. This really, you can say, this is my forever family. The doctrine of adoption is as warm and as nourishing as the Bible gets. And I can hardly think of anything more comforting or nurturing or uplifting than this glorious truth that when we trust in Christ, we are made into the sons and daughters of the Creator God. But I think based on our personal experiences and maybe our own our own sins and that separation from Christ, it stops us from being able to see that. We can't fathom a world where God would look at us and see his son because we have all this stuff in the way. I remember having that conversation with a student and um, it got really emotional because he said, you can't say that to me. You have no idea what I've done. There's no way he sees Jesus when he looks at me. So how would you share that part of the gospel with someone using this doctrine of adoption? How do you make that convincing? Well, the Bible actually does that, that very thing. And in the first place, our need for salvation is portrayed in the Bible over and over again as having to do with our status as slaves to Satan and sin. Mm. That's where we begin this whole journey, right? So the Redeemer, Jesus gave himself for us slaves and lawbreakers because he loved us. He took the curse or he took the punishment of the law that by rights should have fallen on us and not him, but they fell on him on our behalf. And through Christ's work, we've gone from being slaves to sons. Mm. And just like regeneration and justification, adoption is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. You know, you, you bring the some of the, the the five pillars of the Reformation in there. There's That's three of them right there. So we trust Christ as Redeemer in order to be included in God's family. The results are incredible, including assurance, and then something we don't always like, paternal discipline. God disciplines those whom He loves. That's what Hebrew teaches us, Hebrews. 
by God's grace, the teaching on adoption enables us to do what uh, what what is difficult for some of us to believe, and that's what you just said. God truly loves me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. You don't you don't know what I've done, et cetera, et cetera. Well, First John four sixteen says, "So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us." So how do we get to the point where we have come to know and believe the love God has for us? That's where the identity in Christ comes in. Mm-hmm. How do you get to that point? You immerse yourself in that truth. You know, really, because of the doctrine and the work of adoption in our hearts by the Trinity, that's what brings us to know and believe that we are sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, we're we're longtime clingers to this concept. We we want to to hold on to that. But for others, this may be something that's new right. and emerging. So are there other resources that you could recommend if we do want to take a deeper dive into this doctrine? Yeah, there's some really good teaching right out there in book form. Um if you want a more academic perspective and some in our kitchen table theology community like that, uh Trevor Burke wrote a book called Adopted into God's Family, Exploring a Pauline Metaphor, because Paul's the only one who used the word. If you want a little bit more down-to-earth, pastoral point of view, Sinclair Ferguson has a book called Children of the Living God. Robert Peterson has a book called Adopted by God, From Wayward Sinners to Cherished Children. Now, we'll include links to those three books in the episode notes. If you want to, you just click on that link, it'll take you right to Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can you can purchase it. Well, this is the heart of this series, for me, at least. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that this is where we, who are we in Christ? We are we are sons of the Father. We are daughters of the, the right. Father. And um, so as we we promised we were going to keep talking about identity, <laughs> and that's, that's the heart of our identity in it Christ, for absolutely sure. absolutely is. Well, that's about all the time we have today, Kitchen Table Theology family. If you've enjoyed this and you like us, then click it and say, I like that. <laughs> like it, subscribe, leave a well, rating and well a explained. review. Well <laughs> explained, yeah, yeah, good. And we sure would appreciate it. You can check out today's show notes for more resources about today's topic. And don't forget to head over to jeffcranston.com where you can freely access our podcast archives and all of our resources like Pastor Jeff's sermons, books, and his blog. We have another Q&A coming up soon, so drop us a question via email to pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org or watch Pastor Jeff's Instagram at Pastor Jeff Cranston, where we'll be asking for your questions. And we've got something coming up in the next couple of podcasts, I think in two podcasts from now, um, that I think you're going to enjoy. Jen and I really think you'll enjoy this. We're going to do an interview with Dr. Dave Park. Dave has been teaching and writing on the believer's identity in Christ internationally for over 35 years. He's written a number of books about it. He's very knowledgeable about it, very encouraging about it. And he's also a a hoot. We're (laughs) going to have a hard time uh, corralling him on this. And that that will be, I believe, in two podcasts from now. Uh, Give me some grace on that. because we we've we've got uh, our next podcast is going to be on reconciliation, I believe, and then following that will be our interview with Dr. Dave Park. Yep, and he's just the perfect mix. He's that mix of motivational and inspirational, and he's and also practical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, that's my job. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be taking a back seat. Trust me. <laughs> I guess so. Well, thanks again for joining us. And we hope to see you again right here on Kitchen Table Theology. 
You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.